The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all of these since my youth. Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecution and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The Gospel of the Lord. I offer these words in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is my first time in Birmingham. I love your city. I have also loved everything that I have seen and learned about St. Stephen's. Um, you know, I've never been in a church that's this big and also acts like a family church. It's just remarkable and it's lovely to see. And I thank you um, for letting me join you in this holy and beautiful place today. My parents spent the 60s and most of the 70s 
about two steps away from the purchase of a Volkswagen van. You wouldn't know it to look at them now at all, but they camped a lot. We camped. They made their own granola. They gave me albums like Free to Be You and Me and books that featured strong female leads and themes of justice and goodness and communal harmony. So it was no surprise to me when on my third Easter, my parents insisted that I share the bounty of my Easter egg haul with my cousin Beth. Beth and I were the same age, and we had the same amount of time to get to the same eggs that were hidden in plain sight. But I was all right with it, because I knew that sharing was good. And then, of all the eggs in my basket, Beth took the best one. It was beautiful, and it was the only one I wanted. It was gold, and it sparkled. And of course now, I'm totally over it. It's a family story we tell. I probably tell it the most often to my parents. <laughs> but it was a really great glimpse. A tiny three-year-old glimpse. And how early we begin to cling to things. And how it can be really hard to release the one thing you think you cannot afford to lose. Jesus tells the rich man, you are lacking one thing. It's hard to imagine what that could be because the rich man has everything everybody could want. He wondered too because he pointed out to Jesus that he followed all the rules, all 10 commandments, all the time. But a more helpful translation of Jesus' instruction is, you are lacking in one thing. So what stands between the man and the eternal life he seeks is not a thing, but a state of being, a way. That way is wider than our individual lives and efforts, and it reaches beyond all the ways we identify with country, with churches, with families, or even our past. It's God's way, and that way is love. And it is grace, and peace, and mercy, and reconciliation, and death, and resurrection. It invites us to live in wideness that has no limits. In it, we're oriented to connection and to life outside ourselves, which is grounded in relationship with Jesus and therefore in our community, in every community, in this community. That limitlessness makes one specific, narrow request of us. And that is to give up the ways we begin and end with ourselves and instead, to consider the way our blessings and our experiences enable us 
to notice and care for the people around us and to learn how that notice and care helps us recognize the sustenance and safety and salvation we saw in the first place. So our faith practice, the way we follow, is both wide and narrow. That is a lot to hold on an ordinary day. And it's a whole lot to hold when one big thing, or even as we see now, several big things happen at once. But it's something a lot of us really want to do and do well and possibly even replicate or make really efficient. So we make lists for each other of what is good and what good and faithful people do and do not do. And we build lives around those lists. And occasionally, when one thing or lots of things happen at once, we find that we still feel apart or worse cannot tell that God is with us at all. That's where we find Job this morning. He's practiced faithfully, and he's been brought up to believe that as a follower of rules, he's just and righteous and will be rewarded accordingly. And then he loses everything, and it's heartbreaking. He loses his possessions. He loses his health. He loses his children. He suffers in a way that no one should ever have to suffer. He cannot accept the wisdom of his day, which says that he is somehow the cause of the pain or that he deserves it. And he can't understand why the rules aren't working. And he wonders whether God has left him completely. And at the end of today's reading, things are so bad that Job wishes he could just disappear. But as real as that darkness was, and as real as the darkness feels to us when we find it, separation is an illusion. It's a whispering apparition that just threatens what's impossible. There is a whole strand of theology that's devoted to explaining that when we are in our darkest, loneliest place, when we have lost what we thought we could not afford to lose, when we are so ashamed that we cannot stand to let anyone comfort us, when we fear that the, for the whole world and can't understand what's happened and wish that darkness would cover us and we could disappear, that is when God is most near. We cannot sense that divine presence because God has joined us so completely and so perfectly. And God does not leave no matter what. Next week, Job hears God's voice. And you should come for that because it is good. There's a whirlwind. Don't miss it. And when he does, he's changed, and he discovers God's wideness and wildness, and in it, his own connection to the rest of creation. It does not change the truth or pain of his past, 
but he is able to see and live the gift of his future in a completely new way. Job teaches us that one quality of God's steadfastness is that the wideness and love, God's wideness and love, are always freely given. The birth, life, and death of Christ and his conversation with the rich man teach us that wideness and love come with responsibility. And we all know that, but sometimes we feel like we can't get to it or we have really elaborate excuses for why we don't do it or just don't know how. And We know all of it, but it can be so, so hard to balance with the mechanics and pressures of daily life. And so we aren't perfect today, and tomorrow's probably not going to be the day either. But the one thing I know, it might be the only thing I know for certain, is that Jesus looks on us with the same awareness and love he offered the rich man. And the wideness of that gaze, we can offer our excellent best to God and to creation and to each other every day. And when we fall short, we can remind each other of the holiness and wideness each and every one of us carries in our heart. And we can brave the narrowness together. Like the rich man and Job, God's living word is for us and it is real and it is active in our lives right now. We too are called to wideness on wideness, to quietly contemplate, to connect, and to act. We do that by keeping our minds and our hearts open. We can keep working for those whose voices are harder to hear than our own. We can speak up where we see God's miracle and wonder and call to new life in the world. And I know that you already know a lot about this because I've seen the numbers, just for starters, from your Pew to 10K campaign and just the brilliance with which you exceeded them. The St. Stephen's has set aside today, all day, every day, to celebrate and thank the women in this church who use their unique gifts and insights and passions and callings to bring hope and healing to the world. They are light bearers in the church who shine brightly into our weekday lives and help us recognize the labor of love poured out to others, the courage and the vision of the women in Birmingham's offices, schools, and stores, and streets. They follow women who live for us in scripture. Some of them, like the women at the well, the woman who touched the fringe of Jesus' cloak, and the Canaanite woman, do not have names that we know. But they, with Shifra and Pua and Ruth and Sarah and Deborah and Esther, and all of the Marys, Mary Magdalene, Mary of Bethany, Mary of Nazareth, Martha, Priscilla, Phoebe, Tabitha, and others. 
knew God and used their hearts and their hands and their minds, their whole lives, to tell the world. Women were who showed up at the tomb. If it were not for the women of this church, we wouldn't know the greatest story ever told. The love which came and dwelt among us, that died and rose, and who made and makes us whole. May God give us ears to hear them among us, and eyes to see their good work. May God bless them and keep them. And may we all learn to lead and love beside them, here and everywhere we go. Amen.